In the name of God, the holy and undivided Trinity. Being chosen is a source of joy. Think of the occasions when you have been selected to play on a certain team or to receive a scholarship or to advance in your organization or your career. We all know the exhilaration of being chosen and likewise the disappointment of being passed over. Being chosen is a source of responsibility, knowing that we're being counted on and that the welfare of others depends on how we carry out our task is sobering and challenging. Such knowledge also inspires creativity and courage. Being chosen can also make us feel privileged, which is both good news and bad news. Feeling privileged can make us arrogant, or it can make us humble. At no time are we more vulnerable than times of good fortune when we feel self-satisfied and privileged. During the season of Lent, as we remember who we are, we need to be conscious of the fact that we are a chosen people. God's gracious act of choosing is affected and announced in our baptism as it was in God's covenant with Abraham. We have been chosen not to feel special, though we are, not to feel weighed down with a great burden, although at times the load is heavy. But we have been chosen to be the instruments of the creator and sovereign of the universe in carrying out the divine plan of redemption. And I want to invite you this morning to consider what is involved in being chosen by God. Because after all, you are chosen to be God's people in this particular community and this place and this time. To be chosen means that God has taken the initiative with us. It's very important for us to realize that it is always God who takes the first step in the relationship with us. When we look at the lives of the patriarchs and the prophets, the apostles and martyrs, this is always the case. Jesus said to his disciples, you did not choose me, I chose you. Whenever people think they're a step ahead of God, trouble is not far behind. The ego and not God is on center stage. Many people feel that they're not worthy to be chosen. And though they're probably right, the feeling is beside the point as far as God is concerned. God does not choose us because we are worthy. God chooses us because God loves us, has confidence in us, and wants us to play a role in the divine mission. For this role, God gives us all the gifts and graces that we will need. Who was Abraham? Nobody in particular from our point of view and probably that of his neighbors. Who was Moses? 
an adopted Jewish boy who was miraculously rescued from floating down the Nile, grew up in the lap of Pharaoh's luxury, discovered his ethnicity, in anger killed an Egyptian soldier and fled to a place called Midian, where in time, while he was out herding sheep, God appeared to him in a burning bush and announced to him that God had work for him to do in bringing about the deliverance of God's people. He even had a speech impediment. And who was Jeremiah? Somebody who thought he was too young to be God's prophet. And who were Peter and James and John and the other disciples? They were fishermen and tax collectors and other socially unacceptable types the religious folks didn't even want to share a meal with. You and I are no less worthy than this cast of characters from the sacred text. And yet God has chosen us and called us to join God's family in the most wonderful enterprise the world has ever known. God always takes the initiative. That's the reason we baptize people of any age. Because for us, baptism is primarily the means God has ordained to signify his gracious choosing. And while it presupposes and is based upon faith on our part, we see from the example of Abraham and his followers that God's choosing always comes first, comes before. So no matter what our age, when we receive baptism, we all come as helpless infants to be marked as God's own forever. There's a hymn that expresses it quite well. A line that goes like this, I sought the Lord and afterward I knew he moved my soul to seek him, seeking me. It was not I that found, O Savior, true. No, I was found of thee. God always takes the first step toward us. And trust is the appropriate response to the God who has chosen us. St. Paul points out in today's reading from the epistle to the Romans that Abraham's faith was reckoned to him as righteousness because after God chose him and presented his covenant to Abraham, Abraham trusted God. Reckoned to him is a legal term referring to balanced scales. God's promise on the one side and Abraham's trust on the other. Abraham was hysterical over the promises that God made to him. We're told that when he heard that he was going to be a father at the age of 100 years old, he fell on his face and laughed. I suspect there are some of us here today who are quite a bit younger than Abraham who can imagine how preposterous it would seem if we were told such a thing. Nevertheless, Abraham trusted and obeyed. His trust, his faith never left him. Even when his body was weak and the way was rough and great demands were heaped upon him, he trusted God and God never let him down. Paul tells us that those who trust in the way that Abraham trusted are his legitimate offspring. Bloodlines 
have nothing to do with it. Faith has to come first. Before we get tangled up in Torah, the law, in rules and regulations and canons and doctrines, there must be the element of profound trust, a willingness to act and to live a life characterized by confidence rather than fear. One way Jesus had of talking about the centrality of faith was to say that those who want to come after him must first deny themselves and take up their cross. To deny myself is not to condemn or denigrate myself. I am a child of God. And the children of God are the crowning glory of God's creation. To deny myself is to get my ego off of center stage in my life and give the leading role to God. To take up my cross is to be willing to trust God's leadership no matter what. It is taking up a life of faith and it is the only appropriate response to God when we hear God say, I have chosen you. To be chosen is to see suffering as a condition of human freedom. This doesn't mean that Christians are masochistic. It means that Christians are given a perspective on suffering. To avoid suffering at the price of our freedom is demonic. That's why Jesus rebuked Peter, who after hearing Jesus speak of his passion and his death, tried to persuade him that there must be an easier way to attain glory. Jesus then spoke those liberating words, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus took up his own cross and walked the walk before us. He was not exempt from suffering, nor are we. Those whom he has chosen must not be so presumptuous as to think we are exempt. To accept suffering and remain faithful is true discipleship. God has called us to glory and promised that we will have it. But God has shown us through Jesus that the road to glory is often a stormy one. Our faith will be tried by the chances and changes of life and by the calamities and evils that are at every turn. When we surrender our freedom to follow Jesus Christ because we're confronted by obstacles, then we're in danger of becoming obstacles to the faith of others. Remember that one name for Satan is Diablo, which means obstacle. So Jesus was saying to Peter, your way of thinking, Peter, is an obstacle to the life you seek. And it will be an, an obstacle to those to whom I'm sending you to bring good news. It is through suffering and struggle that we attain fulfillment, that we live out our purpose, that we embrace our destiny as children of God and heirs of God's grace. You can take away my possessions. You can take away my health. You can take away every person in my life that is precious to me, but you cannot take away my freedom to decide for myself how to respond to you 
or to my God. My suffering will not determine who I am and how I respond. My response will be determined by the one who has chosen me and whose grace is adequate for every need. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.